0: and listen to it but I want to give you three three just the three main points so that we can progress from a me to a we kind of church and and, and it's realizing first that God has done something for me God's already done something for you and that's the cross when he sent Jesus amen he, he was already thinking of you before you even existed he was already handling your business And so God has done something for me. That's the beginning because we all need Jesus. Just elbow your neighbor and say, you know you need Jesus. Say it with a little attitude so that they feel it. You know what I'm saying? You just got to nudge him. You know you need Jesus. But then it's not just what he's doing for me. God wants to do something where? In me. See, it's not just God wants to wave a magic wand and, 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 and quote unquote bless you. He also wants to Change you? How many of you you know somebody in here that, God, they need to change? How many of you know that person is yourself? Come on. God wants to do something in us. He wants to sanctify our souls. He wants to heal us. He wants to set us free from some things in our lives. But it doesn't end there because, yes, God's done something for you. God wants to do something in you. But God also plans to do something through you. Something that is going to affect other people's lives. The work that God has done in you is not just for you, but is also for them and it's for him. And so to go from me to we, it's, it's learning the progression of God's done something for me. He wants to do something in me, but he has plans to do something through me. All right. So today I want to jump into our, our, our message for today. Because there's a lot of people who pray out there. Am I right? You ever prayed before? Like this week, you had something going on, so you stopped for a moment and you prayed about it. And that's awesome. But have you ever prayed with somebody before? Like the things that you pray to God to yourself, you now are saying it out loud. I know some people that when it comes to praying out loud, it's like, oh, I just get so nervous. But it's me to we. It's... God, you've done something in me. I'm praying that you bless me, but I know you want to bless others. So uh, can we grow from just me doing this to we are doing this? We're already worshiping the car at the red light because everybody just thinks you're listening to 104.1. Classic hits. Come on, you know what I'm saying. I've been listening to this station since 1984. Do you know that? They think you're listening to some old Oreo speed wagon. And half the kids in here are like, who is that? (laughs) And you're worshiping in your car that Jesus takes the wheel. But when you get in here, hands in the pocket because, you know, just it's awkward to lift your hands and clap. And these people jumping around make me nervous. Man, if you knew where some of these people came from and what they walked through and to see them celebrating, lifting their hands, you would be doing the same thing too because at one time they were bound up and they were in all kinds of trouble but God came through in their life and set them free and now all they can do is just thank God and shout Him. And listen, it's to the point now to where they can't keep their hands down. They've got to put them up and thank God for all that He has done. And so don't get nervous when somebody's worshiping. You don't know where they came from. This isn't just religious expression. This is, thank God I'm not where I used to be. Come on now. It wasn't supposed to get that preachy yet. You know what I'm saying? But here we are. All right. Jesus and we. We have some we believe statements here at Emerge Church. Some things that, that we believe. And, and, and some people, they like to immediately jump in on the doctrinal stuff. But this is the real life stuff. The everyday stuff. And we, we posted them here on the screen. We believe it's all about Jesus. Like all of it. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about lifting up the name of Jesus today when we were singing. What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name it is. It's all about Jesus and all that he has done for us. And here's the best part. He's not finished. He started a good work, and he's faithful to complete it. So we believe it's all about Jesus. We believe that all things are possible. Look at your neighbor and say all things. Not just a couple things, but all things are possible. And I know right there it's like, but Pastor Wade, what about this? And what about that? Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able. That's just what we believe. God could do miracles. Yes. We believe we're better together. Yeah. See, this isn't just, I'm doing my thing. My faith is personal. It's private. No, it is not personal. It's not private. It's for all of us. Because my faith affects your faith, and your faith affects mine. And when you bring our faith together, it multiplies. And there's something great that God could do in that place where two or more come together. Yeah. We're better together. That's why we have our e-groups. That's why we have our teams. That's why, I mean, it's all about being better together relationships. God created you and I for relationships. Amen. Some of us, we're not good at relationships. We can help you with that. We believe that we grow as we go. This is, let me, let me explain what that means. That means you don't have to be all that. You don't have to turn into something in order to be something. You just got to be willing to take the next step. And every faith step that you take, you grow you're growing in your faith. You're growing in your experiences. You're learning things you never knew you could do. In fact, you look at our e-group leaders. They took a step of faith. They did not know what they were doing. And all of them are looking at me like, "I no. no. <laughs> we started this church. We were trained, but we never did it before. We're growing as we go. It's taking the next step, and that's what we want to do. We want to help you to take the next step. Amen? And as you go, you're going to grow. And as you grow, you're going to want to keep going. It's a, good, it's a good stepping system to follow. And we just want to help you to keep growing as you go. We believe everyone has a part. Everybody has a part. Can I say this? There are no specialists in this church. It's just all servants. That's what we are. We're just all servants that want to serve with excellence. We might be good in some areas, but here's the thing. We'll do whatever it takes. That's another one. That's the next. I mean, we're getting there. We will do whatever it takes to do what God has called us to do. We are servants. Amen? So you should never, no one should ever walk in our church and feel intimidated because we got it all together. Listen, we're growing as we're going. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I know. I got some work to do. Growing as I'm going, but I know I got a part. And I think this, if we all live together. We're gonna carry more than what we would carry by ourselves. And we do believe in doing whatever it takes to do what God's called us to do. That's sacrifice. We believe in that. And we believe the best is yet to come. Oh, Pastor Wade, have you watched the news this week? Yes, we watched the news, but we got a promise. We got a hope in Jesus. Amen. And we know that no matter what happens in this world, this world is not our home. We're just passing right on through because heaven is our home. Amen. And God's got great plans for your life. And this is what we believe. And I want to make a couple statements to you today that I really think can be challenging. I believe that God is calling us to be not just faithful, but faith-filled. You know the difference. Faithful is I'm always there. Faith-filled means I'm there and I believe. I believe. I believe when you say all things are possible. I believe that God can do it. And not only do I believe it, I act like it. That's what faith-filled means. God is calling us to be faith-filled. God is calling us to think big. And let let me just break that down. Thinking big means thinking bigger than just myself. That means I'm not worried about my preferences. I'm trying to see heaven's perspective. Because my preferences will blind me to the possibilities of what God might be doing right there in the vicinity of my own world. I didn't get a lot from that one. I didn't hear a lot of amen. Some of y'all are like, whoa, back up. It's the truth. We struggle whenever it's anything beyond ourselves. And God is trying to grow us past ourselves. And for us, God is calling us to be full of faith, faith-filled, thinking big. Watch this, taking chances kind of church. That's what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to take a chance to step out in faith where it's uncomfortable because we know that God is leading us. And here's the question. When's the last time you took a faith step? When's the last time? So I'll give you this statement. We should never insult God with small thinking or small, safe life living. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to gather as we share this word today. I pray that our faith is challenged. I pray that our faith will grow. I pray, God, that we will grow bigger than ourselves, that we would get beyond our preferences to step into your purpose. Lord, today, help me. Help me to to share this message in such a way that it awakens every soul in this room. In Jesus' name, amen and amen got a couple of verses I want to share this morning. Usually I have one section of scripture and we go from there. But today I have a couple couple of verses that I want to pick from. And the first verse, just to give you some context. Um, Jesus is in his hometown of Nazareth. And he's doing some teaching. And there's a lot of people, as they see him and hear him teaching, they're offended by him. Who does he think he is? He's the son of God. Of the carpenter and he's going to come in this town and act like he is all that and try to tell us what God wants to do and how God is going to work. And so watch the verse right here. Mark chapter six, verse five and six. It says Jesus couldn't do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed, and I want you to pay attention to that part right there. He was amazed at their lack of faith. That was Mark 6, 5 and 6. Now I want to show you a second verse, okay? Because in this second verse, now we're dealing with a centurion. Now, this centurion is a part of the Roman army. Pay attention in scripture to these little things because you'll see later on down the road, there's a centurion standing at the foot of the cross supervising the crucifixion of Jesus, and he makes a statement that says, surely this man was the Son of God. And those kinds of things has to get your attention because what if that centurion standing at the cross is the same centurion mentioned right here in Luke chapter 7? Those little things, they, they're, they're undercover stories that are in the Bible that just kind of makes you think a little bit and gives you a little bit broader perspective than just what you're reading right there. And so watch this. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd and following him. And he said, I tell you, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. Here's the story. The centurion had a servant that became sick. And so they sent word to Jesus so Jesus could come and heal him. So Jesus like, Okay let's go see him and let's go heal him so Jesus is on his way and the centurion he's like he's just handling his business he's got a lot on his plate to do and as he's heading to his place of business he encounters Jesus on the road and he says listen Jesus I'm not worthy for you to come to my house but for you to do this healing you don't have to come See, I'm a man under authority, and I understand how authority works. I tell my servants to come. They come. I tell them to go, and they go. All you have to do, Jesus, is just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus is like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I'll just say the word, and the centurion's servant was healed. Just by saying, Jesus, all you have to do is say the word. And Jesus said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel, meaning even in the people that I came to save. The first group is in Jesus' hometown, and Jesus was amazed at what? Their lack of faith, and those were the people who really should have had all the faith. But now he's coming upon a centurion that possibly was the one supervising his crucifixion. And Jesus is like, this dude here believes. This guy has great faith. In those two verses, pay attention, Jesus was amazed. When Jesus gets amazed, that's pretty good. But he was amazed at a lack of faith from one people. And he was amazed at great faith from another person. A lack of faith, he was amazed at, and he was amazed at great faith. So if you had to do a survey today for your faith, let's say you were measuring it on a scale of 1 to 10. And 10 is like, me and Jesus, man, we're conquering the world. I believe Jesus for everything. 1 is like, I blessed my food today. That was a big feat for me. I mean, come on, we did it in the restaurant. We held hands. Woo, high five. We held hands in the restaurant and blessed the food. That's a one. Ten is, man, let's go and heal the sick. Let's go and save the lost. Where would your faith fall? Would it be a five? Would it be a seven? Some of y'all are like, I want C. I'll choose C. It's not an option. How big is your faith? Let me ask it this way, because there are some veteran believers in here. How much has your faith grown through the years of following Jesus? What I found is a lot of times the newest believers, they believe it all. Woo, let's go win the world of Jesus. They're like, calm down. And then they start saying stuff like this. You're in the honeymoon period of your salvation. You're still in the grace stage. Give it some time and you'll become like us. Don't ever tell anybody that. If you're discipling somebody at this church and you ever tell them they're in the honeymoon stage, they have permission to like not come to you anymore. I was going to say some other stuff, but that's just too aggressive in church. Too aggressive. My daughter would say, Dad, that's a little aggressive. Don't tell people that stuff, though. Because Jesus is calling us to have what kind of faith? Childlike faith. Childlike faith. He says, unless you have faith like a child, you'll never get to see the kingdom of God. And I have a feeling that's what's interfering with us. We know too much. Yeah. Somebody almost clapped right there and said, "Whoa, no, don't clap right there. That might be me. We, we, we've learned so much and we've gathered so much information and opinions on this that it's hard for us to believe God. And so it's easier for us to explain it than it is to believe God for something to happen. It's easier for me to explain the breakdown than it is for me to believe for the miracle. Amen. Amen. And I want you to, to think about this because we believe all things are possible, but we live like the explanation is greater than the possibility of the miracle. I had an encounter once. I was asked to go visit uh, an elderly lady. This was years ago when I was back in Louisiana. And I was asked to go visit this lady. She was sick. And uh, it wasn't really looking good. And so I had a young guy. uh, He was an intern at the church that came with me. He was actually related to him. And so uh, they wanted us to go by and pray. And so I said, great, I'll go pray. I knew Mr. Gene and Miss Beulah, and so I was going to go visit them. They always gave us fruitcake for Christmas, so let's go see Ms. Beulah and pray for her. And so we go there, and I, I pull up, and we knock on the door, and Mr. Jean comes to the door. And I said, Mr. Gene, we're here to see you guys. We want to come and pray for Ms. Beulah. And he wouldn't let me in the door. And he said, now listen to me. Don't you come in my house. And pray one of those weak little prayers that quote unquote God's will will be done. You come and pray that God will heal my wife. Or don't pray at all. Right. Touch your neighbor and say, look out. Yeah. That was an adjustment. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, what? What? This isn't just your friendly visit to Mr. Gene and Miss Bulis. This was, you better get your faith on and pray a prayer over my wife that God's going to do a miracle instead of some courtesy prayer. Come on. I mean, that's what he was telling me. Don't come pray no courtesy prayer over my wife. You come in here and pray like God's going to heal her. Hold on. Let me go back to the car and get my oil. You know what I'm saying? We'll come back and anoint her. I mean, if we're going to go that route, let's go. And I went in there, I was so intimidated because I realized that I was going into this situation to do my duty. Listen to what I'm saying. I was going in to do my duty, but not to do God's work. Some of y'all got that look like something smells in here. It's like, "Mm." and I was so challenged that day by Mr. Gene because he had faith that I didn't have. And I realized, man, I've got to grow in faith. I cannot bring hope to a family if I'm going to go in there and drop the little courtesy prayer. I've got to go in there and believe that God can and not acting like the miracle depends on me, but it depends on God. Amen. Amen. That day adjusted my faith. And I realized that day, I'm like, I'm not going to some hospital, somebody's house, and pray the courtesy. We're believing God for all. We're believing God for complete and total healing. And if God chooses to do otherwise, that's up to God, that's not up to me. But I'm going to choose to believe. That's the kind of stuff that will really, really challenge you. And today, I ask you, when it comes to your faith, if you had to measure it between a 1 and a 10, where are we? Where are you at with your faith? Because I believe God's wanting us to grow in our faith. Amen? He wants you to grow in your faith. And not just say, I have faith, but what are we doing with our faith? So I have three faith statements that I want to share with you today that I really believe are going to just expound on what we're talking about. I believe it's going to knock on the door. I believe it's going to get in your head. I believe it's going to mess with your heart. But I believe it's truly going to awaken some faith in our lives because I want you to know this, you have faith. You have faith. You said, Pastor Wade, if you knew my situation and you know what was going on, you would realize I don't really have faith. And that's not true because the Bible tells us that God has given each man a measure of faith. God has given us all a measure of faith. The problem is we have used our faith to believe other things other than God so much. We're so practiced with that. We don't know how to use our faith in God. It's more natural for us to put our faith in other things than it is for God because we've done it like that for so long. But what if we could retrain our faith and aim it in a God direction and begin to use that faith over and over? I believe that faith is going to grow. And not only will it add, but it will multiply. And your faith will begin to rub off on other people. And that faith will rub off on other people. And all of a sudden, sharing faith is no longer a problem. Are you hearing that? See, we don't know how to share our faith because we don't really grow our faith. And so we don't have enough to share. We're still trying to use the little bit we got. So let's break it down today. Here's the first thing. Number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. Woo. You ever made a statement and it was intended for somebody else and it comes right back at you? I mean, it's like ricochet sometimes when you preach this stuff. Seriously, you say it and it was like, ooh, that was for me. And I rode it. It's an ongoing challenge because it's real. And I know, listen, it's all about safety today. I mean, put a bike on when you ride a helmet. I never wore a helmet riding a bike ever in my life growing up. Never. We move here, everybody's wearing helmets. I need you to know the things we did on our bikes. Without a helmet would cause moms to be nauseated constantly. It was danger zone constantly. We just didn't know, and we were probably too poor to buy a helmet. I was like, oh, they'll live. <laughs> probably had concussions and everything. Some of y'all are like, uh, "That's what's wrong with you? <laughs> Can I play it safe and please God? Look at this. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11:6. 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, time out. Let's call it time out, can we? Let's talk about faith. Because the, the common thought about faith is, sounds like this. Hey, what's your faith? What's your belief system? What do you believe? Or, or, or let me say it this way. What's your brand of belief? We're Baptists. We're Methodists hold on, we're non-denominational. Here's the other way, we're interdenominational. we cover them all. I'm serious, I mean, it's all the different brands, and so when we talk about faith, it's come down to which group do you belong to, and I want you to know, when we're talking about faith, I'm not asking you what your denomination is. Because when we go before God in heaven, when we're rejoicing in heaven, God's not like, all right, where's all the Baptists? Where's all the non-denom? Where's all the people that went to Emerge? Where are you at? Shout out to Emerge. He's not going to be doing that. It's not going to happen. I know you like to feel, you'll be wearing your Emerge shirt up in there. <laughs> Some of you are like, can I get the tattoo? <laughs> do what you do. I don't know how God feels about it. We're not talking about what brand of belief you have. We're talking about, do you really believe that God can do all the things in the Bible that he says he can do? That's what we're talking about. And because of our PC language, we're trying so hard not to offend people that we don't even know how to live. Because we want to be safe. And the last thing we need to be is try to be offensive. But listen, I don't want to be offensive. But if the Bible offends you, if God offends you, I don't know what to do. I'm serious. I don't know how to keep God from offending you because I don't control God. God's God. Amen? Amen? And Jesus ain't Mr. Rogers. I want to throw that in there. He's not just your lovely neighbor. He is not working for State Farm, all right? I mean, Jesus is strong. He is a man. He's strong. This half is believing that side over there is like, what are you talking about, bro? Jesus is strong. He's powerful. He has authority. But he has compassion and love too yeah. amen? amen if you think that you can accomplish your goals without god jesus may be amazed with your lack of faith i know he may be amazed at you but it may be because of a lack of faith see we want faith steps to be pretty We want the faith steps to be glorious. But every time I have had to take a faith step, it was always scary. Everybody know what I'm talking about? It is always scary. It never looks like, oh, this is great. Let's go for it. It always looks like, are you sure? That's what it looks like. And I have found that we are trying to be sure about every single little thing before we take a step. Listen, I used to be like the 90% guy you know what I'm saying if i'm 90% sure let's roll with. It. I used to be that way. Now, if i'm like 51% <laughs> that one extra percent that it's getting to the point to where like that's enough for me now. Seriously. Because if we're not careful we will over think it, over-process it, break it down. Well, what if this happens? And if I do this, this could happen, this could happen, all these different things could happen. And if I commit to this, and now I'm not going to have time to this, and I'm going to lose my family, and my kids aren't going to respect me, and I don't want to burn out, Pastor Way, All these different things, it's like, calm down, simmer down. You're not jumping off of the bridge. You're just taking one step on the stairway. That's all we're doing. But yet, all the thoughts are just so overwhelming, that It leads us to believe that my whole world is just going to be threatened if I take one step. One step. It may not be pretty, but that doesn't mean that you don't take it. Amen? I found it looks more like a roller coaster than a stepping stone. A few years ago, I went on a field trip with my boys. I get to chaperone some field trips. I love it, man. Till you go to SeaWorld. And the little crew that you got, they don't care about anything else except riding that Kraken. You know what I'm talking about? I know. I know. Save the whales and all that stuff. But look, most kids going there, it is not about the animals. It's all about the roller coaster. So we're like going walking to the roller coaster. And so I think it was Judah. And so he's like... In front of all of his friends. Dad, you're going to ride the roller coaster, right? You're not going to chicken out (laughs) like all the other dads do. (laughs) (laughs) I had no intentions on riding that thing. Zero. None. But now he said that. And it's not just proving myself for me, but it's proving myself for him. You know, because you want your kids to think your dad's the man. So let's do it. And I get on this thing. I'm telling you, and this is one where your legs hang down, if you hadn't seen it before. Put my arm through there, put my arm through there, and did like this. And I put my head down, and I closed my eyes real tight. You know, so tight that you start seeing stars tight. And I'm like, oh, God. And I am just praying the whole ride, and we're taking off, and they're over there laughing, Woo, just having a party, we're letting go, and everything. I'm over there like this the whole time, just holding on. We got off of there. I'm like, I'm done. I proved my, I proved my dadhood to everybody. I'm done. I'm going to the snack shack. Y'all need me to hold your phone. I'll hold your phone for you. Know all that stuff. I'm telling you, I was scared. And it's not that it was impossible. It was possible. It's just, what in the world have I gotten myself into the whole time? And you know what? Afterwards, it was like, that wasn't so bad. They were like, you want to ride again? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go over here and watch the whale show. Y'all go ride. <laughs> go see Shamu. I found, though, that's what it's like. It's more like getting on and holding on. And some of you are like, I can do that. I know that's what we're trying to tell you. You can do that. And there are other people, and let me just say, this is the difference between people. Because there are other people that's like, woo, let's do it. You know, and they got their hat on backwards, and they're like celebrating the whole time. And they got other people that just just holding on for dear life. But people are still taking steps. Yeah, I mean, right. And listen, if you're scared and you're taking a step, that doesn't mean that you're, that you're faithless. Right. That just means you're willing to face your fears and do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. and the last time I learned anything, it was called courage. You know what I'm saying? And so when it comes to faith, taking those faith steps, it's realizing I can't just play it safe. I cannot go in all the places God wants me to go and do all the things he wants to do if I am just committed to just staying where I'm at. It's going to require a faith step, and it's going to be like getting on the roller coaster. And I will say it like this. If you aren't scared every now and then with a step of faith, you're not living by faith. Every now and then, if you're not just really, oh my God, what are we about to do? Now, let me say this. Faith step is taking a step that God approves of. God doesn't bless risks that lead to sin. Got to throw that in there because some people are just like, oh, just live by faith. Go for it. Don't get out of God's will, though. Don't take a faith step. Because you believe it's going to be better if it's not God's will and if it's not God's plan and if it goes against God's word. Amen. I just got to throw that in there because some people like to mix faith up into all kinds of other stuff and make it seem like God's put a stamp of approval on there to make you happy. Just got to throw that in there. Okay. So watch this. Never let the fear of failure talk you out of an act of faith. Never let that happen. All right. Here's the second thing. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. I know, and these statements are a little strong, and I'm aware of that. But I want to make sure it's clear that we're not just giving you this pretty beautiful picture of faith that just makes you feel like, oh, i got faith, but yet we don't believe for anything. You know what I'm saying? Because we do have that going on in our world, and a lot of people are promoting faith, but they're not living by it. And so we have to understand that there are going to be a lot of things in our lives that are not guaranteed. All right? They're just not going to be guaranteed. So let me drop this verse on you, Hebrews 11. It says, faith is the confidence that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us, watch this, assurance. Can you say that with me? Assurance. Say it again. Assurance, not insurance. There is a difference. Insurance is if something bad happens, we will compensate you. Assurance is it's going to happen because you got a guarantor and his name is Jesus. There's a difference, and a lot of us, we are so trained for insurance rather than assurance. So, insurance is I got to see everything to know that it's covered before I take the step of faith to do it. Faith is confidence. Say confidence. 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 God is calling us to have a confidence kind of faith. So here's the deal. Here's the question. If I do this, how do I know it's going to work? You don't. If I take that step of faith, pass away. how do I know it's actually going to work? You don't. But I got confidence in God because I'm asking according to his will and I'm planning my life and living my life according to his will. And I have assurance that God's going to make it all work for my good. Amen. Yeah. He will make it all work for my good. That's the assurance that I have. This may or may not work. Listen, if you start an e-group, it may or may not work. You say, well, don't tell people that, Pastor Wade. They're not going to want to lead an e-group. That is reality because I've led a group before and no one showed up, and that's hard. It's hard. You know what that taught me? Change what you're doing. Didn't mean quit. It just means get a new plan. Got a new plan and people started coming. Improved the plan. More people come. But if I just see it as, well, that didn't work. That ain't what I'm supposed to do. Then I step back away from something that God called me to. Are you grabbing this today? And I believe that God's called a lot of people. There's a lot of veteran believers in here that are behind on their steps. And I know it sounds like I'm calling you out, but there are a lot of veteran believers that need to take some steps and step beyond the Jesus in me and start stepping into the Jesus in we and share what God's done in you with all of them. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? Don't elbow nobody. Don't look at nobody. This is for them. You can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. You can have faith or you can have control. You cannot have both. Meaning, this we talked about already this morning. God, I'm putting this in your hands. I'm taking this risk, but you got to make it work. You got to make it happen. I am trusting you with it, Lord. When you're in control, it's like, God, I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to make sure all this is good, make sure all that's good. And God's like, You going to let me help? You going to let me help? I want you to remember that this week, that one little line from this message. God's saying, you going to let me help. When it comes to faith, you got to step out to find out. You won't know until you take the step. Think about taking a new job. You don't know what it's like until you take a step. You ask that girl out. You don't know until you ask her. You ask her to marry you. Don't know she's going to say yes until you ask. You've seen it before. There's enough of those videos all over the place where the guy takes the knee in front of everybody at the ball game and asks her, and she's like, "No," nah, and then she leaves. Hey, yeah. poor dude. Number one, that was a bad plan. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, you need to get to know her a little bit better. Anyway, there's yeah. there's things that we can work on. You don't have a guarantee though. Listen, just because you go to college doesn't mean that you have a guarantee. Amen. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you have a guarantee that everything's, oh, I gave my life to Jesus. Bad things shouldn't happen to me anymore. That's not, come on now. Here's the third thing. To step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your security. I remember as we were growing the church, this was a few years ago. You start a new church, and you're trying to get it established financially. And it takes some time. And I remember we had just gotten to the point where we had some money in savings. Like, good money in savings. You don't want to talk about it. Anybody know that feeling? Some of y'all are like, I have no clue what that's like. i <laughs> got kids, Pastor Wade. <laughs> we had just got to the point to where it was like, man, we're solid. We got some money in savings. And then back in... Louisiana, our hometown, just completely flooded. Our home church back in Louisiana, flooded. Pastor's house, flooded. Assistant pastor's house, flooded. Just floods everywhere. And I remember praying for them, talking to my pastor, just assessing their needs. I was like, God, what do you want us to do? How can we help them? The Lord spoke to me and said, all that money you got in savings, I want you to give it to them. It was like $10,000. I felt pretty good. We had 10000 in the bank. It was like, God. Do you know how long it took us to get to this point? Do you know how hard it was to be able to allocate and say no and say yes and all this stuff? I mean, we had to work it to get to this point, And now you're saying to give it. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Lord. <laughs> we bless your holy name. So here's the easy thing. Hey, Pastor Scott, we're praying for you. Let me pray real quick for you, Pastor Scott, and believe God's going to supply your needs. God bless them, supply all their needs, when the whole time God's like, I'm going to supply their need, and I'm going to use you to do it. So we wrote the check. And I can tell you that was so significant for our church because after that, the financial picture completely changed because we went from secure... To blessed. It was after that. No, I need you to hear this. It was after that. That the mission stuff began to happen. It was after that. That we were able to start giving to things in our community. It was after that. That we were no longer saying no. We were no longer saying not yet. We were saying let's go. We were saying yes. It was a huge step of faith for us. But there was something on the other side. Of that decision. It was a faith step. It was not just, oh my God, what are we gonna do? It's God, what do you have for us as we take this step of faith? And I'm so thankful that we were obedient to God and took the step of faith because now we're in a position not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing to others. But we had to leave security, we had to leave the place of security and listen to see it all zeros. I started waking up earlier after that to pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you. You're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. All of that, man. And God did it. Yeah. Hebrews eleven eight By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Did you read the first part and pay attention to it? When called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. He didn't know that was the place yet, but God was leading him there. How? By taking one faith step after another. He just knew. God said, go. I'm going to go in the direction that God has me going. And he kept going in that direction, and sooner or later, he wound up in the place that was the complete blessing that God had planned for him. But God didn't tell him that from the beginning. God just said, hey, this is the next step for you. Go ahead and take it. So he took it. Here's the next step. Go ahead and take it. So he took it. And he just kept taking the next step. And next thing you know, he's in the place that God could bless him in a way that he couldn't bless him in the place over there. It takes faith. It takes faith to start a business. It takes faith to get married. It takes faith to have children. It takes faith to know should we adopt, should we foster? It takes faith to do that because you're stepping into the unknown. It takes faith to decide a career. Because today, it might be great. Ten years from now, that thing could sink. Seriously, you don't know. It takes faith to go to college. It takes faith to go to trade school. It takes faith just to say, I'm going to go get a job, and I'm going to build my career this way. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It takes faith to do these things. It takes faith to raise a teenager and let them make those decisions too. It takes faith to commit to a church. It takes faith to say yes to God. It takes faith over and over. It takes faith. It takes faith to share your faith. It takes faith to bring someone to church. It takes faith to start to tithe. It takes faith to serve on the dream team. It takes faith to do all of it. But God said, hey, that's what pleases me. Amen. I want people who believe. Yes. And that's why I asked you today, do you believe? Or has our faith just become our tradition? Has our faith just become something that is dead and old that we're committed to because that's what our grandparents told us to do and because we want to be good people and we want to raise our kids in the church? Those are great sentiments. But listen, let's not sell ourselves short of the possibility of what God can do when a man or a woman believes God and trusts Him for the impossible. Amen? Why should we sell ourselves short for low-level living when God has called us to a higher level of living? A level of faith, believing him for the impossible. Believing that he can do it even though I don't see the solution. I believe God. I trust God. And even though it doesn't always make sense, knowing that God's got the best interest for me. Because God's got a plan. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So don't allow the comfort of your security to keep you from some accomplishments, accomplishments of faith. Don't let security keep you from the accomplishments. Let's close. I heard this years ago, and it's always helped me. But it's always challenged me. Faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. When I don't use it, I get weak. And so watch this. Then when I try to use it again... I'm sore. I feel pain. And I think the pain is associated with those things. And it's not. The pain is associated with the fact that I haven't used my faith like this in a long time. And now, it, I feel something. I feel the discomfort. And it's not that something is wrong. It's that it's right. It's just that I haven't exercised it. That way in a long time. Here's another thing I learned. Faith is like a seed. And it'll only grow when you plant it. It's got to be planted somewhere. And when we start talking about Jesus and me and Jesus and we, what I'm saying is we got to get beyond just plant it right here, just holding on to my seed. Because if you hold on to your seed, it doesn't grow. It doesn't grow until you plant it in the ground. And the fertile soil for this seed of faith that God has given us is in the church. Because together, our faith is challenged. And together, our faith grows. And together, watch this. See, this isn't just a plant somewhere in the middle of nowhere. This becomes a garden. And that garden begins to reproduce and multiply. And multiplies and produces what? A harvest. And with a harvest, you can feed a lot of people. With a plant, you can feed one. But with a harvest, you can feed multitudes. That's what happens whenever we plant our seeds in God's house. And there's a lot of people planting their seeds in other places. And it's producing, but it's not multiplying. It's adding. Jesus and we, it's a call to plant your faith in the church, in the local church, because God wants to work through us. Here's another thing I believe. Faith is a work order a work order unless you work it it's dead faith without works is dead is what the bible tells us so faith i believe it but that belief calls me to act it calls me to act upon what i believe i believe god can heal people yes so what is it calling me to do then if i believe god can heal people i will pray for them. do i believe god can save people how many of y'all believe god can save people I mean, you believe God can save the worst one of all so the action step is to share your faith with them I know right there it's like whoa 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 if I believe that I act upon it and this is not where we start cherry picking what we believe and what we don't believe let's go all in on what God said amen You don't want God to say, well, let me see. I'm going to hold this back, not this for them, not this. No, you want it all, amen. I want all that God has for me. Go all in. There are plans that God has for you to accomplish personally. It's going to take faith. There are plans that God has for our church to accomplish. It'll take faith. Let's be a faith-filled church that believes the impossible. Let's have great faith. God didn't give us a small commission. He gave us a great commission, amen? And I believe that God wants to save a lot of people. God doesn't want a few to come to repentance. He wants them all. He wants them all. Do you believe God can save them? I'm asking you this personally. Do you believe God can save that coworker that you know needs a life change? That family member that you know has been struggling for a long time, do you believe that God can save them? Your neighbor that you've just over time, you've gotten close to, do you believe that God can restore their family? Do you believe that God can do this? And this is so challenging to us because we can get caught up going to church, we can get caught up doing church, not even living by faith come on this this has to be real for us we can get so caught up in all the activities of church that we never do the activities of faith and this morning this is just the lord sounding the alarm waking us up to say hey are we going to live a life of faith are we just going to live a life of learning more and gaining more knowledge and I want to live a life of faith because there are some things that I believe that God wants to do in people's lives. There are some things that God wants to do in this church. There are some things that God wants to do through this church. And I don't want to miss it. And I ask you today, the church, will you be a church that believes? Will you be a church that believes that God can do the impossible? will you be a church that believes that God can save those that nobody else would think God could save can we be the church that just believe I believe God and they say how is he going to do it I don't know but I choose to stand in faith believing that God can do anything because he is God that's what I choose to believe and although God will explain it after he does it but I'm going to stand in faith believing if you Evaluate your faith today. And let's say you were a three. Make it your goal that in the next six months, you'll be a five. Don't try to jump to 10. I'm going to take a step. Let's make it to a four in three months. Let's make it to a five in six months. And begin to grow your faith. And how am I going to do it? Yes, read your Bible. Just absorb as much as you can, but begin to exercise it. Begin to exercise it. You say, well, I want to see God do miracles. If you want to see God do miracles, start praying for people who are sick. Come on. That's where it starts. I want to see God save souls. Start sharing your faith. That's where it starts. That is putting action to our faith. And I believe when we do that, we begin to see great things that God is able to do. And our faith begins to grow. I know. I'm asking you to step on the roller coaster. And you may have to just hold on and close your eyes. But we're going for a ride, y'all. And it's going to be awesome. Amen. Thank you for that two-hand clap right there. I appreciate that. I was expecting a little bit more of a climatical moment right there, but that's all we got. That's fine. Don't All the rest of you clapping, it don't count. I believe God can do the impossible. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Because maybe that person is sitting here today, and as we're talking about having the faith to share our faith, to tell them about what God has done. They're sitting there in the situation of, God, I need you. I need to know what you've done for me and allow you to save me. And maybe you find yourself here today away from God. You've committed sins that are wrong, that you know have separated you from God. You feel the guilt and the shame of what you have done. But at the same time this morning, your heart is stirred because you sense the mercy and the grace and the love of God, here's where it begins for you. It's by simply putting your faith in Jesus, believing Him with your heart, and then confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that's how we're saved. And every Sunday morning here at Emerge Church, we pray a prayer with people who are away from God so they can repent of their sins and start fresh and new today. And if that's you, you say, Pastor Wade, I'm away from God, but today I need to surrender my life completely to Jesus. I need to let Him be my Lord and Savior. today. I want to take the step of faith and give my life to the Lord and live my life His way. I want you to lift a hand real quick and then you can put it down. Anyone else? You say, that's me, Pastor Wade. Pray for me. That's me. Amen. Anyone else? That's me. Okay, I see some hands. Anyone else? Real quick. We're going to pray this together. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this together, church. Say, dear Lord, thank you that your love for me is greater than I ever imagined and that what you did on the cross by giving your life for my sins I didn't deserve it but you chose me and you gave me your love and today I receive it forgive my sins wash me and make me a new person I make the decision now by faith I choose to live my life your way I surrender to you I'm all yours. I'm a brand new person in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.